And just want to take a second and thank Policy Genius. They're supporting today's episode of Success Story. I know we all have kids. We all have families we want to take care of. And I personally check something off major on my to-do list, life insurance. It's a tough topic. It's really hard to think about, but it's so important. And the hard part was sorting through all the options. Luckily, I found Policy Genius. Policy Genius is an online insurance marketplace that makes getting life insurance surprisingly easy. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Now, knowing my family's protected brings me incredible peace of mind. Don't put off this important decision. Check life insurance off your to-do list in no time with Policy Genius. Head to policygenius.com or click the link in the description to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Welcome to the Success Story Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Clary. On this podcast, I have candid interviews with execs, celebrities, politicians, and other notable figures, all who have achieved success through both wins and losses, to learn more about their life, their ideas, and their insights. I sit down with leaders and mentors and unpack their story to help pass those lessons on to others through both experiences and tactical strategy for business professionals, entrepreneurs, and everyone in between. Without further ado, another episode of the Success Story Podcast. All right. Thanks again for joining me. Uh, I'm with Kenny Mycellus, who is a named partner and head of the music department at Grubman Shire Mycellus and Sachs, uh, where he represents incredible superstar recording artists, DJs, producers, songwriters, celebrities. Um, let me start this off by just speaking through some of the names of people that he's worked with, just to sort of speak to the absolute um, impressive resume uh, that Kenny has built up over his career. So his, his clients include some of the most influential stars in the music industry. Uh, Lady Gaga, uh, Sean Diddy Combs, The Weeknd, Usher, Lil Wayne, uh, uh, Ella Maya, uh, Future, Chris Brown, Carly Rae Jepsen, Rick Ross. Um, the, you know, the list goes on and on. Uh, he's represented the estate of, Whist- of Whitney Houston, uh, Nas, uh, Nora Jones, uh, DJs, Avicii, uh, Destructo, Timbaland, um, Zach Posen, um, some athletes, uh, Carmelo Anthony, Mike Tyson. These are A-list names. Um, uh, Kenny has a transaction of negotiating deals for these A-list celebrities, not only on customary music-based deals for records, publishing, touring, and merchandise, but media transactions, sponsorships, endorsement, equity agreements, strategic partnerships, everything under the sun. Um, Kenny is the it seems like the go-to uh, guy for a lot of these uh, celebrities, but you know, thank you for joining me, Kenny. I really appreciate the chance to to chat today. Uh, thanks for having me, Scott. I look forward to our our chat on the podcast. Yeah, no, this is very exciting. Um, so, Kenny, I love to just tell your story. Um, I'm sure you have an interesting one. Not everybody ends up obviously dealing with these kinds of clients, and not even everybody ends up as a lawyer. Um, so, what was you know, what was your raison d'etre that allowed you to go into law um, starting from, you know, what did you, what did you want to do as a kid? Is that, this is what you wanted to do or? Well, I think that, um, you know, um, I, you know, I was the kid just to date myself a little bit. I was the kid who saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. And at that moment fell in love with music, entertainment, you know, rock and roll and wanted to be, you know, a rock star myself. And so at a certain point in life, you know, you kind of have to look in the mirror. And so even through, you know, law school, um, you know, the goal was, hey, if I'm a lawyer, I want to be a lawyer in the, you know, entertainment law space. And I want to be a, you know, kind of a deal negotiator and so forth. And I followed, you know, that path, you know, in law school, you know, taking courses that would, you know, kind of prepare me for, uh, you know, for, you know, for that day. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, but while I went to law school, you know, I was secretly in my uh, rock band playing some clubs in Manhattan and was aided by the fact that, you know, kind of back then was, you know, kind of part of the, you know, kind of initial kind of new wave slash, you know, kind of New York kind of punk yeah. movement where three chords was really all you had to know. Um, <laughs> and where, you know, you didn't have to be that great to you know, kind of play as long as you are passionate. But then, 
you know, comes that moment because when you do anything in life, you know, you really have to go hard 24 seven. So as you know, so I, when I graduated law school, you know, you, you know, I had to take that, you know, look in the mirror and really just, you know, kind of take, uh, you know, that, that kind of evaluation of self. And I looked in the mirror and I just said, you know, Kenny, you really are not that talented, you know, when it comes <laughs> to, you know, this, uh, this yeah. rock star dream of yours. And so, you know, the more realistic dream um, is for you to kind of pursue, you know, kind of the business side of, yeah. you know, that dream, which would be to pursue, you know, entertainment, you know, kind of uh, law now that I was, you know, kind of uh, graduating, you know, law school. And, um, and, 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 and so, you know, so, so that led me to a place that I, I wouldn't say, you know, it's as hard as being a rock star, which is probably, you know, the dream that, you know, probably is the hardest to fulfill, but, you know, trying to break into entertainment law, especially when you really don't have you know, any relationships or connections in the field per se is, you know, is probably one of the, you know, hardest fields to break into, if not the hardest, you know, kind of in the law space. Yeah. Um, so that, you know, was, but that, you know, but that became the dream that, you know, that I wanted to pursue. And, you know, I lecture, you know, occasionally, um, you, know, you know, actually, you know, I went to Washington University in St. Louis undergrad. And there's a business course uh, in entertainment, and I kind of uh, lecture there, uh, usually virtually, um, you know, during once during each um, semester. And what I really kind of say to people is, um, you know, at, at, at a certain, you know, at a certain point, you have to kind of, you know, make that decision. You know, when you're going to a college, sometimes the decision is, hey, where's the nice weather? Uh, you, you know, or, you know, yeah, what school has yeah. the beautiful campus or the best city. But as you're kind of approaching, you know, kind of uh, really starting, you know, your life, you have to be careful if, you know, to kind of choose that fork in the road that will hopefully lead you to a place where you can, you know, pursue, you know, kind of your dreams and your goals and mm -hmm. what you're looking to do, even if you're doing that, you know, in a way where you're earning less money or, you know, whatever the case might be. So for me, when I got out of school, um, there, there were, um, you know, some jobs which might have been, you know, a little better, you know, kind of financially in other fields of law. Um, but it was very hard to break into entertainment at the time. And so I actually took a job and everyone's story is different. There's no automatic story as to, okay, there's the formula to break into entertainment law other than, you know, really being so passionate about it that, you know, you're willing to do, you know, a couple of key things that are necessary. Number one, you have to kind of go where the work is, right? So yeah. uh, for entertainment lawyer, that means New York, that means Los Angeles, possibly Nashville, uh, possibly Miami. But, um, you know, there, I wouldn't say never, you could never be an entertainment lawyer if I, you know, stayed, you know, in St. Louis and was, harder, you know, the, harder, yeah. you know, when, you, you, you know, went, but, but that's not where the entertainment work is. And, you know, you go to LA, for example, you know, you, you know, even the, your waiters in entertainment, you know, the, the, you know, the Uber drivers trying to break into entertainment and, and the whole world is entertainment. Your chances are much greater. And at the time I broke in New York and LA were kind of equal for that. And having grown up in New York, you know, my focus at that time, you know, was New York. So, you know, you have to make some of those choices. You've got to go where the work is. You have to probably, you know, take that job working for less, you know, look, agents, you know, you could graduate law school. And if you're going to be an agent, you literally start in the mailroom at, yeah. you know, WME and some of those other, you know, agencies. And in other areas, you know, you start as assistants and you start, you know, low level. So for me, you know, at the time I was breaking in, the industry was kind of down a little bit. There weren't really any jobs, especially for someone who didn't have any experience. And so I, I, I took a job at a at a small firm um, that really said, um, you know, we'll give you, you know, we'll pay you this, you know, modest salary. And I still remember the salary now. It was $13,600. Oh. And even with, <laughs> even with the difference in time, you know, it, 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 it was certainly less than what they were paying the, the secretary at the time. And it was, you know, even by today's standards, you know, you know, maybe today that would equate to, maybe 35 or 40,000 or whatever the case might be. 
So for, you know, a lawyer, um, you know, kind of starting out, you were really kind of working for less. But the, but the opportunity for me was to, you know, kind of follow my path and follow, you know, my dreams. And so the concept was that, uh, you know, they pay me that salary. And if I was able to bring in work and I could pursue the entertainment thing, I would get um, a third of the revenue from that client. So you, you're automatically starting out, you know, entrepreneurial, um, mm-hmm. in a, you know, in a certain way, which is different than a lot of other law jobs that start you off paying much more money, but we'll give you, you know, you can keep a third of the fee, a third goes to overhead and a third go to us, you know, so that meant two thirds went to them and a third went to me. Um, and early on, you know, I didn't really have, you know, kind of the relationships or the connections or anything for that to really be meaningful, but it was an opportunity for me to pursue the dream. And then came the opportunity, and I always kind of say, you know, you never know what that opportunity is going to be, but when you get an opportunity in life, you know, it's a little bit of luck, and then it's a little bit of, you know, seizing the moment uh, and turning that opportunity into, you know, something that could be more, you know, significant, whether you realize it or not. If you go hard 24-7 with an opportunity, um, I guess it has the potential to do that, looking back at it. So, my big opportunity came with the film, The Big Chill. And, um, and so, um, but Scott, did, have you ever seen that movie? Um, are you aware of, of what that movie was? It might be a generational thing where you haven't seen it yet. No, no, I, I have, I have. Um, but so okay. what was, so what, the, big what chill, was the opportunity? Explain, yeah. So I'm going to explain why, 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 the, why The Big Chill to this day is my favorite movie. So okay. what happened is, is that that movie, if people go back and find it, which is a good movie, by the way, um, that movie has a great soundtrack in it. And it was kind of a Motown soundtrack, and it had, it had Temptations, and it had um, you know, um, Gladys Knight. It, had, it, it, it just was you know, just uplifting, great kind of Motown music of the day, uh, for the most part. And, um, and, it, and, and it had a song by this group called The Exciters called Tell Em, which um, had been a hit record for, you know, had been a hit record for that group. But, um, but the, at least out the gate, the big chill never paid any of, of the artists in connection with the use of their music, you know, from that soundtrack. And so, so, so what happened is, is that, you know, when, when, when you're, when you're a group that has had success, the entertainment business is so exciting when you're, you know, the exciters toured with the Beatles and they had these hit records and so forth and so on, that even if it's 20 years later and you were, you know, you were an exploited group from the early 60s or whatever, you know, you're still pursuing that dream 20 years later, 25 years later, and you're working on your album and you're hoping to tour and do dates and so forth, even though, you know, you're in other businesses and you're earning money, you know, other ways and so forth. So the group was still kind of pursuing, you know, its 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 career, although they made money, you know, in different ways. I think, uh, you know, it was a girl group. The lead singer Brenda Reed, who um, has an incredible voice, um, her husband um, Herb Rooney was the kind of producer, songwriter, arranger of the group, and I believe he was in the cosmetics field at the time. But you know, the group was together, and they were still trying to make it. And they were being managed by somebody who happened to work, you know, in, in my building. Um, and he too, because this was, you know, a group from many years ago that was trying to make it. My memory was that his primary revenue came from the food business um, where he did well, but, as, but he was also as a fan of music, trying to be a music manager and he was managing the exciters and some other artists and so forth. And so when they didn't get paid, he walked down the hall, he knocked on the door he went into the partner's office who I worked for, and he basically said, hey, they didn't pay the group, uh, you, you know, and, and it, the movie's a hit and the song's all over the movie. And so the partner, you know, who I worked for, I'm 20-whatever at the time, you know, hey, Kenny, you know, you like this stuff, come on in here. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's the type of matter, you know, it's not really what I do now. I'm a, you know, kind of a, uh, you know, what I do is, you know, deal maker, you know, kind of, uh, you know, transaction, you know, kind of deal maker. And, you know, this was more like, you know, recovering money that had not been, you know, kind of paid, paid out, yeah. you know, to an artist. But for me, it was my first entertainment matter. And since it was an entertainment matter, I was excited about it. And I was going to unturn every rock to find, you know, their money. 
And um, to make a long story short, there are a lot of parties involved, and it really feels like they were hiding the money. You know, it was Motown production, it was Johnny Carson Productions, it was all these things, and they kept pointing me to another company, and then I finally found a company called Liberty Records that had some money. Um, and they were like, oh, we were looking for them. And uh, I said, well, now you found them. <laughs> and so, uh, so, I, we got the, you know, so we got them to pay the money, which for an exploited group from the 60s was important money. And in the music business, royalty statements come twice a year usually, and including in the very important month of September when kids go back to school. So what happened is, um, you know, so what, what happened is after, you know, kind of the first year, every year I'd kind of get the call in September and I'd get the call and it was, hey, Kenny, Kenny, it's, it's Herb. How you doing? And I go, hey, Herb, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good. He goes, I'm coming in for the check today. Could you let your bank know? Because we had a bank in our building because I want to cash it. I want to take the kids shopping for their school supplies, clothes, et cetera. And I'd be like, I'd be like, Herb, I don't have the check yet. And he goes, oh, you will. And sure enough, an hour later, the check would come. And the moral of the story is, you know, he needed one of that money pretty badly. And he, you know, he, he knew when it was coming from LA and when it was going to, you know, get delivered to my office. And sure enough, it was there. And I'd be, Herb, you're right. It's here. Come on in. He'd come on in with the kids. He'd cash the check. He'd go, you, you know, let's say, you know, as, as it evolved, you know, the amounts reduced, you know, maybe it was 7,500, maybe it was 5,000, you know, kind of in subsequent years or whatever. And he would take the kids and he, you know, go to the, the mall and, and, and get them the supplies and what they, you know, what they needed for school. And then, you know, approximately, you know, two years later, maybe a little more, his son who had been 12 and a half at the time, uh, someone by the name of Corey Rooney, who went on to write uh, Real Love for Mary J. Blige and had a lot of hits with Mariah Carey, Jennifer Lopez and others. Uh, he came to the office with his partner, who was Prince Marky B, Marky D, who was a uh, who was one of the Fat Boys, which was a big group at the time, and they came in together. And Corey said, "My, you know, look, my mother and father said that you've always been good to them. Uh, Mark and I want to write and produce, and you know, we'd like to get out of the Fat Boys. Um, you know, can you, you know, can you help us?" And so I was able to kind of navigate, you know, his exit from the fat boys and, you know, put them in position where they were able to, you know, produce and, you know, write, you know, with each other. And, uh, that was, uh, you know, something that, you know, led them to, as I said, make the record real love, which was, and others, and work with other artists, which was at Uptown Records and the, uh, you know, the executive who I met at the time on that project was a 19 year old, um, kid by the name of Puffy, um, who was the executive producer and A&R for Mary J. Blige and some of the other artists that they were working on. And so that, you know, kind of was the build, which kind of, you know, helped me um, break into the business. I love the story. And, I, and thank you for laying that out, because I think that it goes to show that, like you mentioned, there's a little bit of, uh, a, there's opportunity, there's luck, there's timing, there's perseverance, there's, you know, obviously working extremely hard, but um, it, it kind of unpacks how you are today. When you look at, you know, all the names, it's very, very impressive, but it's also nice to see where it came from. And like all these small right, little monumental, you know what I mean? Like uh, career progressions has led to where you're at right now. Right. And so, so the, so the interesting thing was that, um, you know, there, there's a part, there's a part two to the story because the first project that, um, Corey Rooney and Mark Morales, you know, did was for a successful, you know, artist on the Uptown label. This is pre-Mary J. Blige. Mm -hmm. And, and there was a point where that artist, you know, kind of hired me. And this is before, you know, I started representing Puffy, but he hired me because he wanted control over his project. And he was looking to kind of, uh, you know, kind of move, uh, you know, Puffy out of his project, even though, you know, his first project had been very successful, had been a gold record. He was a really talented artist. He was on his way to stardom. He retained me. Uh, and it's like, uh, you know, good, I'm getting some more clients here. And the, the, the goal and the, the job was to, you know, get, um, you know, was to get this Puffy thrown off his project so that he could, you know, kind of control, you know, his own project. And, um, you know, that was one of those where, 
you know, um, you know, I, I, I did what I was hired to do. I probably would handle it differently today because I'd probably realize that this puppy guy was pretty important, um, <laughs> you know, for the, pro- for, for the project. But back then, you know, I was being hired by, you know, a new developing star and he wanted to control his own project. And so we went in there and I actually got puppy thrown off the project. Um, and, um, you know, the artist's career, you know, didn't, you know, continue at the same peak that it was going when Puppy was on the project, notwithstanding, you know, the fact that that artist was really, really talented. Um, and then, you know, I, you know, I don't know if it was six months or a year later, whatever it was, you know, um, you, you know, you know, Puff, who at that point become, you know, very successful for his work with, um, as a young A&R guy with Mary J. Blige and Jodeci and Heavy D and others. He basically came to me and said, you know, you know, remember what you, you know, you did, how you got me fired from that project. And I'm, you know, beginning to wonder, should I dock him? Am I about to be part of it? You know? yeah, uh, yeah. But, he, but he basically was, I liked how you did that. Will you represent me? And, um, you know, 25 plus years later, you know, I still, you know, represent him. So the part two of the story is now whether it's, uh, you know, Lady Gaga, or whether it's Lizzo, or whether it's The Weeknd, or whether it's, uh, you know, no, no matter who it is, you know, it all kind of, you know, stems from, um, you know, from the big chill into, mm-hmm. you know, kind of the, uh, the meeting and the beginning of the, rep- you know, the representation, you know, of, of Puppy, who then, you know, we moved on and we, you know, did, you know, his bad boy deal. And then, of course, he became you know, a superstar, you know, artist, you know, himself. And so, you know, so there's always, you know, because I frequently get asked that I lecture both at my law school and at Watch You and I've done panels and so forth. There is no one way, you know, there's no, you know, one way to kind of break into a field, but you have to, you know, kind of have, you know, certainly a little bit, if not a lot of luck, um, you certainly have to have the passion. You have to have, you know, kind of the ability and the willingness to kind of, you know, work for less and to kind of really kind of uh, take advantage of, of of the break, make your own breaks and, you know, and turn it into something, you know, that's, you know, that's bigger and better. I love it. Um, a lot of a lot of really good lessons uh, that you can learn out from this. Um, either, you know, these are things that you've just done um uh, purposefully uh, in terms of, uh, you know, you went into like all these roles and whatnot, not expecting a lot of money. I think a lot of it was purposefully, but I think that a lot of people now don't have the patience to, to put in the effort and they just want the end result. They want the 30 years of work and not the 30 years leading up to the end result, right? And I think that's probably a, a, an issue of a, a generational in some cases, I find, um, where it's, it's immediate gratification for, for work done. And I think that it just goes to show, like, look at the things that you can accomplish when you do take your time. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I also think it's important because, you know, look, at the end of the day, people spend, you know, most of their waking hours, you know, kind of doing what it is that, you know, they're employed, you know, you know, where they're employed. And, you know, so I, you know, I think that, you know, it's important to pursue something that you are going to, you know, really enjoy doing. And, you know, given how much of your time that you do, that you do it. Um, and, and, you know, I think it's, you know, a balance because, you know, people say, follow your dreams, follow your dreams. And, and within the law space, entertainment was a hard, you know, space to pursue. And I did follow it and I did follow the path. But I also had a fallback in that I was a lawyer. And if it didn't work out, you know, I had another way to kind of work, you, you know, to, you know, to earn an income. Um, but you know, I, you, you know, I also find you have to be a little realistic. You have to be able to look in the mirror and realize when you're not a rock star that you're not a rock star, you know, you know, sometimes people say, you know, follow your dream, follow your dream, follow your dream. And, you know, there, you know, at a certain point, you know, you see somebody in there, you, you know, they're well past the age of, of the likelihood. There are always mm-hmm. exceptions, but the likelihood that they're going to be, a, you know, a rock star or a pop star or whatever it is. And it's like, you know, you, where's plan B, you know, where's, where's, where, where, where's, you know, you know, you have plan A, but you know, what's, what's kind of the other side of plan A, because, you know, you, you know, you have a family and obviously, you know, you pursued this for a minute and it doesn't really seem, you know, to be happening. So you do see that also. I do think you have to, you know, pursue your dreams, but you have to pursue your dreams with, you know, backup plans and, you know, a sense of, you know, you know, self-evaluation and reality and so forth. 
as well. Very well. Yeah, very well said. Now, as you've, as you've grown out, uh, I guess you, once you start taking on some of these clients, I guess you brand yourself as somebody who deals in this, in this type of, in this type of law and these types of transactions. Um, what, what's it like working with, uh, you know, your repeated client or your target clientele is, a, is a, is a internationally known name. What is that? What type of, I guess, nuances is that put on you as an attorney, as a representative, um, to make the job harder, easier, like I'm, I'm assuming harder, but <laughs> I'm curious to know. Um, you know what? It, it's really, um, I don't think it's harder when it's what you love to do. I think that, you know, for me, you know, I think that, you know, the story of the, per, you know, the pursuit of the rock star career, whatever, you know, however you define that, I think it's an important thing to understand because, it, what it's really, what it's really kind of saying is that, you know, I, I, I kind of um, come from a place where um, I am a creative person and would have liked to have been a creative person. And I, I, I just, you know, I, I, I just kind of naturally relate um, kind of much better um, and enjoy relating with other creative people, um, you know, you know, yeah. artists and athletes and their representatives than you know, then I do, you know, kind of, you know, relating to um, other people, you know, in the, you know, in the corporate world. Per se. Yeah. And, and, and so because of that, I just think it's, you know, naturally, you know, easier, you know, for, you know, for me and, and, and you know, look, you know, um, you, you know, ultimately, um, you, you know, I, I, you know, when, when I became, you know, successful, which was partially, you know, due to, you know, growing clientele and, you know, when Puff became Puff Daddy and became the biggest, you know, kind of star, you know, in the world, you're doing bigger deals, you're meeting other people, people are coming to you, mm -hmm. hey, do for me what you did for Puff and so forth and so on. And so I ultimately, you know, had, you know, an opportunity and, 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 and joined, you know, in partnership with Alan, you know, Alan Grubman and, and, and his firm, where I've now been since, um, you know, kind of, I think the beginning of 19, you know, 98, I guess it is. And, and um, it really kind of leads me to say that within that firm, we have incredible lawyers who are like real technicians, you know, really, really smart lawyers from, you know. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there, juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it. Each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works. One data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. 
word. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much, Indeed, for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. So from the best schools, from the best backgrounds, uh, and they really can dot every I, cross every T in agreement. And answering your question, a lot of those people kind of come to me and they go, I don't know how you, you know, kind of deal yeah. with, you know, the artist and this and that. And, 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 you know, with full appreciation for what they do, I said, well, I don't know how you 
dot that I on, you know, page 27, paragraph 23, yeah. <laughs> B, C, C, 3, A, you know, because I can't do that, nor do I, it's really important, but I can't do that, nor do I have the patience, you know, to do that. So, I mean, I'm just kind of naturally, you know, kind of more, you know, kind of affiliated and comfortable with, 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 with artists and creative people and their managers and uh, people who are, you know, in business, you know, with them. And so, you know, so for me, you know, it's really, you know, just, you know, what I, you know, what I love doing. And it's not to say that some artists aren't more difficult than others and some issues aren't more difficult. You know, of course they are. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm kind of in my world and in that environment when I'm, you know, when I'm, you know, with, you know, yeah. kind of artists in that world uh, more than if I was, you know, sitting at, you know, some, you know, some corporate function or whatever the case might be. I guess... I guess the, the, the difficulties that I would assume um, would occur is just because every, every life is so public, right? So you're always, and maybe this is, maybe this is a not correct assumption, but I guess really I was just thinking through like if, if every action that all of your clients do is always under scrutiny, as a lawyer, that would make me very stressed all the time. <laughs> but I guess it's part, of the, it's part of what you know how to do. It's part of what you know how to deal with. It's just you've done it for your whole career and it's, it's probably natural now to deal in these, like, in these types of very public, open lives and environments. Yeah, I don't really, you know, I, I haven't really known anything else for a very long time. So it's kind of, you know, it's kind of, um, you know, it's kind of the world, you know, that, you know, it's the world I chose. But, you know, it's really, you know, it's really that, you know, kind of the other end of the more important, you know, part, because, you know, every artist, you know, kind of starts with a dream. And when you're able to, you know, help somebody, you know, kind of, um, achieve that dream and then, you know, kind of take, you know, next steps, you know, for them and with them and help, you know, kind of their dreams come true and, 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 and so forth. You know, it's, it's, it's rewarding and fulfilling and that's, you know, really, you know, what it's about, you know, when you, you know, sometimes when you, you know, you kind of remember when you, you know, you started with an artist and that's pre-deal and then you, you know, you've done the deal and then, you know, something connects and it's, you know, a huge yeah. success. And the next thing you know, you're at, you, you know, you're, you're, you're at an arena or a stadium, you know, one day yeah. and the place is filled and everyone's going crazy. You know, it's a really, you know, it's a really, um, it's, it's, it's really, you know, you really feel like you, you know, help somebody kind of achieve their dreams. And, yeah. you know, you've also done something which is giving so many people, you know, pleasure by giving them the opportunity to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, hear these great, you know, hear these great artists and so forth. And so look, Agreed. the like most that. important yeah. thing of that, the artist and the talent, you know, it's like, you know, what, what, what I found is, look, it starts with artists and, you know, and, and, and their incredible talent. But, but what I found is, is that, you know, you could, you, you know, for me, um, if someone's not, you know, a great artist and, and, and doing great work, they can have, you know, you know, they can have, you know, the greatest lawyer in the world, and, you, you know, they're, they're unlikely to, you know, achieve, you know, the success level that they might be hoping to achieve. But on the other hand, you can have artists who are incredibly successful. And if they don't kind of have the, you know, kind of the transactional lawyer business partner, as well as, you know, the right management and so forth, that, you know, they could be incredible artists, but, you know, not achieve what they need to achieve as big as they could you know, or be, you know, as successful, um, you know, financially and from a business perspective. So, so, you know, first and foremost comes the incredible talent, but, you know, the talent, you know, desperately, you know, kind of needs to partner with great people on the business side. And with what I do, you know, it's really a team because, you know, the, you, you know, cause, cause, you know, in the, in the music business, you know, the transactional lawyer, what I do tends to be out front being, you know, the deal maker. But the mm -hmm. managers are incredibly important and the artists who I represent, you know, some of them just have, you know, great management, you know, great agents, uh, great record company partners, great tour promoting partners. And that's, you know, so, so it's really, it really becomes a family, you know, of relationships. And when you have the right relationships, that's, you know, a very kind of key and important, you know, important thing. Agreed. Agreed. Um, now, in terms of uh, where, you know, I, Normally, I just want to sort of figure out like where you want to take, you know, your career in the future. But I would also be curious to get um, your insight as to the current pandemic that we're, we're living through. How do you think that's going to change uh, the entertainment industry? 
and how's it going to impact your job and, and the people that you work with? So, um, I, you know, that's, um, that's something that, you know, you, you kind of talk about and evaluate, you know, every day, you know, right now, first, you know, yeah. the most important thing is for everyone, obviously to, you know, stay healthy and, and, and safe and to, you know, kind of, uh, you know, protect themselves. And, you know, that's, that's hard for everyone to do, but it's certainly, you know, kind of hard in a, in a, you know, kind of a, a business and a medium where, you know, people are always getting together, whether it is to, you know, create the music or perform a concert or to really do anything, you know, it's just mm-hmm. such, such social, you know, interaction there. Um, you know, look, the, the, the immediate future, um, you know, is, is, you know, is unknown. Um, obviously, I think, you know, people need to do um, you know, what, what's smart and uh, what's safe and, and, and need to give it the appropriate time, you know, that it, 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 re- it requires um, so that when people go back to work and we have public events and so forth, that, um, you know, that it really is over and that, you know, we, we get past it. We get past this pandemic. Um, but, you know, I, look, I do think, you know, ultimately um, the hope is that, you know, things will you know, return to the way it was, you know, it, mm-hmm. it's interesting. I've had some theoretical, you know, kind of conversations with folks and you take things and you kind of go, okay, let's look at, um, let's look at movies, you know, let's look at, let's look at movies. Let's look at, you know, going out to dinner, let's look at concerts and so forth. And so it's like, you know, when I think of the movie theater and it's like, and I love going to the movie theater, but when you think of the movie theater, it's like, okay, so I'm going to go to the nine o'clock show. That means someone's going to have been, Sitting in, not only are going to sitting in a theater full of people, but somebody's going to have sat in those chairs from one o'clock to three o'clock. You know, the one o'clock show, the yeah. three o'clock show, the five o'clock show, seven o'clock show, and then I'm going to come there for the nine o'clock show. They've been sitting there, they've been eating, they've been, you know, and, and, and you, you know, you almost feel, and I hope not, but you almost feel like the movie theater thing, you know, may you know change a, you know, may, that may change before. and be a little slower coming back, especially because you have alternatives and you see that movies are being released on demand and you have Netflix options and other things. So that's an interesting kind of, okay, okay. Um, then you look at, you know, going out to dinner and so forth and the concept, especially, you know, uh, in, in New York city, being at those restaurants where, you know, everyone's packed on top of each other, you know, there's always been fun, you know, kind of great, you know, social experiences, but you know, I can have a couple, a couple of, I, I can have three couples at the house and, you know, we can get the, you know, that we can get the food, you know, brought in or made without kind of exposing myself to, so, you know, you know, you wonder a little bit like, you know, how quickly are people going to want to run and thrust themselves into that environment? You know, to me, um, on the concert side, when Billy Eilish is in town, the kids are going to want to see Billy Eilish. When Post Malone, when The weekend, when those artists are coming to town, uh, like, you know, I know how it was for me, you know, when Bowie came to town or when, mm-hmm. you know, I had an opportunity to see one of my favorite groups and, you know, I was a teenager in my, you know, 20s or whatever the case might be. So I actually think that as soon as it's safe, I actually think the concert business, you know, should, you know, is going to come back and, you know, and come back, you know, kind of quickly because there's no replacement. There's no alternative. There's no like Netflix for, like going to yeah, see Billy Eilish in person or going to see the weekend, you know, in person or anything like that, you know? So, so, so I think that, you know, so I think that those, I, I actually think the concert business should come back, you know, stronger than ever, you know, as soon as it's, you know, kind of safe, um, maybe, you know, kind of those acts that appeal to older people, you know, such mm-hmm. as, you know, Rolling Stones and things like that. And maybe, you know, those people go, eh, I don't need to see him for the 10th time, you know, uh, yeah. I don't need to go in. Maybe, maybe those are a little slower, but I think the kids are going to want to see, you know, those artists when they come to town and, you know, when an artist, you know, when those artists come to certain towns, I mean, they, they, that's a, almost a once in a lifetime experience, you know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, um, you, you, you know, especially in some of those towns that aren't New York or LA. I remember, I remember when I was at Wash U in, in St. Louis, when artists came to town, that was a big moment because not every artist came to St. Louis and, you know, you wanted to, you wanted to go see those shows. So, you know, look, you really don't know, but uh, look, the hope is, is that um, when, when, uh, when, when, when the pandemic passes, you know, the hope is that, you know, that the business is, 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 is back to normal, not just for the sake of the business, um, but because, you know, I think it's, 
I think it's really important in people's life to have, you know, the, you know, the opportunity to, you know, enjoy, you know, music and public gatherings and, you know, and film and movie theaters and, you know, things of that nature. So I think the, the goal and the hope is that it will come back and, and I'm confident that it, it will as well. But, you know, listen, it's obvious to believe in science, believe in medicine, it's important mm-hmm. rather to believe in science, to believe in medicine, to listen to experts and to, you know, do, you know, the right thing to deal with the problem. And I really, you know, not getting political, but I never really thought that would be a political thing. I never yeah, really thought true. that that would be like up for debate. Um, so that surprises and concerns me a little bit, but, you know, hopefully, um, you know, medicine and science and intelligence will, you know, kind of win the day and, you know, we'll do the right thing and, and we'll be able to get through this, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, agreed. Um, and, you know, you, you deal with um, such incredible people. Where do you want to take your career next? Like your, your repertoire is, is amazing. Is there anything that you would like to accomplish or is it like for right now, it's just like you're happy with the way things are going. I, I would love to just like pick your brain when you've done all this stuff in so, your life. What's next? So the good, right. So the good thing is that um, this is what I really dreamed of doing. And so, um, you, you know, so I'm really, you know, kind of happy and content doing it. And I'm not, you know, that I'm not really like, you know, kind of, you, you know, thinking, you know, what's next or what's, you know, different. Yeah. You know, one of the things that kind of keeps it, you know, exciting and new is that, you know, new artists, you know, come their way. You yeah. know, so, you, you know, so in 2012, uh, you know, I, you know, I heard of this artist, The Weeknd, who was, mm-hmm. you know, who was creating a sensation in Toronto, where I think you're from. Yeah. And I took my, you know, and, and I was approached by, um, by, um, you know, the manager and some other folks who was in The Weeknd's camp. And I took my trip to Toronto and I saw something, an artist who was just really, really special. And so, you know, we've been working together ever since. And, and, and so, you know, just kind of working, you know, kind of with, you know, the new artists at the same time while, you know, maintaining, you know, your long relationships with the artists who, you know, you've represented, you know, for the prior years, you know, the, the, the Puffs, the Ushers, you know, et cetera. But, you know, that, that, that really makes it feel, that really makes it feel new, um, yeah. you know, and special, you know, you know, and different. Now, um, I will say that um, in, um 2000 and 2016 so it was a couple of years back already i actually um helped um develop a a tv show that had um really nothing to do with what i do um but um i um had partnered with a with a friend uh jeff continent and uh and his team and we got a show called notorious on thursday nights at abc at uh at at uh, 9 p.m and that was, you know, fun for me. So Jeff, he's had a lot of shows on, on TV already, but it was, you know, it was great having, you know, a concept that, uh, you know, I developed with uh, some other people that, uh, you know, literally, you know, started from a concept and then kind of uh, made its way all the way through the process of, of development and then, you know, getting, uh, you know, bids from both ABC and NBC to do the show. And, we went with uh, with ABC and our partners with Sony Studios on the deal to then go through the pilot stage, have the um, have the um, have the pilot picked up and the show go on, and then get the coveted nine o'clock you know spot on Thursday yeah. nights. Um, and um, and it was written the, the, the show is called Notorious, and um, so you know some folks can you know find it. I think Amazon you know, has it and we got uh, 10 shows, but, it, but I, 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 it was so funny. I got a very kind of funny lesson, you know, in the TV business because, you know, it's a very difficult business and this went very smoothly. So as the show kind of get picked up, which is, you know, not an easy thing to happen, especially at a network and especially, you know, for, uh, you know, prime time Thursday night, yeah. et cetera. I kind of joked to, you know, my friends and partners, I was like, why didn't you tell me this business was so easy? I would have just been, <laughs> I would have been doing it. I would have been doing it for years. And so, um, so we had this, you know, they had this kind of big party for us the night before the show was premiering and it was, you know, it was exciting and everyone's patting your back. And that, that night we did, I think we did like a 1.1 1. 1 
which today is like incredible. And, and even then wasn't so bad, but they acted like someone died. <laughs> and, oh and so all of a sudden, when it had gone so smoothly and seemed, you know, so, so easy. Um, and when the next week, you know, I think the 1.1 either stayed the same or became a 1.0, whatever the case might be, it was, it was very clear that, that, um, that, that, that the show did not have a long life. And so it ran for the, you know, kind of initial, you know, 10 episodes and, and then it wasn't, you know, picked up. And it, it's interesting because it was kind of right on the borderline there where, where you would pick up the show or not. And now these days, you know, if a show's doing over one, that, that show's a hit, you know, and um, it's just interesting a couple of years later. But so that's a fun thing that, you know, I have a couple of other, you know, things that I, that, that I have in, in development that I, you know, um, love to see, um, you know, kind of get picked up and either, you know, on Amazon or Netflix or, you know, where, where I'm just kind of, um, you know, being, being a little creative and having fun on top of the day job. But, um, yeah. but I'm not quitting my day job. <laughs> do you do you have um do you have any like uh maybe i don't know if you're if you're able like a, a really interesting story and you can redact to the names of of i don't even you know even not even a story like i'm just imagining if you're helping manage for example the one i see is like managing the estate of whitney houston like how how incredible or how difficult or how like what are the things yeah, so that, that so that okay so that so yeah so that first um that's not um the words that I would use um okay. you know, to kind of to kind of describe it so the Whitney situation was so Whitney came to me at the height of her career Whitney was you know literally the biggest star of the world and my firm represented um and still does uh, Mariah Shania Madonna and so um, we represented all the biggest female stars in the world. And we didn't represent Whitney. And uh, Whitney was, you know, the biggest star in the world. Certainly, you know, her and Mariah Carey were, you know, equally um, the biggest stars in the world at that time. And, and she did not have the, uh, the deal, let's say, that any of these other, you know, female stars had. So somebody, you know, kind of whispered in her ear and um, she came to me. And so um, I started, you know, and the firm started representing, you know, her at that time, you know, literally, you know, at the, you know, at the height of her career. And yeah. I represented her, you know, through, you know, her, you know, through her death. And so, you know, once again, um, I know what I do great and I'm not an estate lawyer or anything of the nature. And so I really don't, you know, work with the estate in that way, but my continued mm -hmm. representation of Whitney have, has led me, um, you know, after she passed away to, you know, to, you know, work with the family and, and kind of make sure that, you know, her, her deals and her music that has come from, you know, her record label, you know, RCA, yeah. you know, continue to come out. And so there, you know, there's been various projects that, you know, I've worked on with, you know, the executrix of, um, of her estate, uh, you know, and so forth and, and deals that I've done, you know, for, the estate of Whitney Houston, but they're all music-based, you know, kind of transactional. Yeah. And they all stem from my 11 and a half, 12 years, you know, of, you know, of, of representing her. Very impressive. Um, I, I, I don't really have a ton more. I think that was, a, you know, your, your story is very interesting. I find um, just, just to unpack how you got to where you are. Um, I wanted to, I wanted to ask like, just like a few more questions, just like sort of like life lesson type questions that I like to tee off at the end. But is there anything that you wanted to to you know chat about that we didn't talk about, or are you happy with that? No, go for go, go for it. I'm happy to answer anything you you have for me. I appreciate. It. Um, one thing I like to ask because we speak about like success and and your origin story, and there's also you know like there's things that you've learned along the way. Um, what would be one lesson that you would tell yourself uh, at a younger age? And I know you've kind of touched on it, but just to really put it clearly and succinctly for people listening. Yeah, I, you know, I'm I'm really, you know, so happy that I, you know, that I pursued the dream, but I pursued the right dream. I didn't pursue the dream that I, of being a rock star that I wouldn't have been successful with, um, you know, and I think that's an important lesson. I remember, you know, one great conversation, you know, that I, you know, I had with my father, you know, kind of early, you know, on and, you know, both parents, of course, were, you know, great, you know, kind of influences, you know, in, you know, in, in my youth and growing up and so forth. And when I was kind of talking about, you know, kind of, you know, going to college and careers and all that sort of stuff, you know, my, you know, my father who 
like work, you know, six days a week, Monday nights, all day Saturday, you know, really, really showed what hard work and, you know, kind of uh, dedication and supporting, you know, kind of a family was all about, you know, I, you know, he said, you know, something like, well, you know, uh, you know, accounting's a good field to go into, um, <laughs> you know, and I was like, I, I can't, I could never do that. And all respect to people who can, but yeah. you know, math is not my strong suit, nor does it, you know, kind of interest me or whatever. And I, and I said, you know, that to me that, you know, I feel that's boring. And he, and my father was, well, you know, sometimes the things that you think are boring as a kid are the things that, you know, help you go on vacations and help you, you know, buy a car and help you support a family. So, you know, um, from that perspective, it's not that boring. It's kind of like a means, you know, kind of to an end. And I think for someone coming out of a depression era, that's appropriate, you know, kind of, you know, kind of thinking. And I think that it just wasn't, you know, for me and my way of thinking. But I think there's kind of that side of responsibility um, and self-evaluation that led me to be able to say, well, look, I'm not going this accountant route. I want to do something I love. And I think that's important for people to do. But I think there was enough, you know, kind of a, enough of a conservative side and enough of that voice still in my head that made me say, hey, you had fun, you know, playing around at some clubs and pretending, you know, you're a rock star. But um, that's, that's, that's not the road, you know, you should go. So yeah. even though it appeared to be kind of rejected um, advice, it really wasn't fully rejected advice because that, you know, led to, you know, the approach that I made. And so, so I, I, I think that, you know, as I said, you know, I think you got to be smart and balanced, but I, but I do feel that since you spent so much time, it's, it wouldn't be enough for me that, okay, this is what gives me my two week vacation. I, you, you really need to go to work really enjoying what you're doing every day. Mm -hmm. That's great. That's great advice. Um, and the last question um, is, you know, people that have achieved some levels of success, I find that they always have like a go-to uh, resource to continually try and improve any aspect of their life. And I was curious, what would you recommend? Uh, it could be like a book, it could be a person, it could be a podcast, it could be an audible. Is there anything that you enjoy like consuming that really can help someone else maybe? Uh, it doesn't have to be law, obviously. That's not something you can really <laughs> pass on a, on a podcast, but uh, you can learn bits of it, but not all of it. But is there anything that you like to, to dive into? You know, for you, you know, for me, um, you know, it's really music and the actual music, you know, changes, you know, kind mm -hmm. of, you know, over time. I mean, it doesn't, you know, fully, you know, fully change because the kid who saw, you know, the Beatles on Ed Sullivan still, you know, it listens and is inspired, you know, kind of by the, you know, by the Beatles all the time. But when you discover kind of new artists and new art and new kind of great music or whatever, I mean, I think during this, you know, coronavirus period, I think, you know, and it was, uh, it, 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 it was, you know, arguably a difficult and, and risky decision, but you know, the weekend put out his album and mm -hmm. it's just such a great inspiring album that, you know, I think, you know, I've been number, number one for like a month now and number one single, number one album, number one, you know, uh, you know, hot 100 artists on billboard, you know, kind of all of the above. And I think that, you know, that's, that, you know, can inspire people and help people and, you know, get through, you know, kind of, you know, kind of difficult times. And I, you know, and, and you know, for me, I'll, you know, a lot of the times it's, it's great when it's your own artist, you know, The Weeknd, Lady Gaga, you know, etc. cetera, um, you know, you know, um, um, Usher and, and so forth. But it's, but it's, uh, but it's, you know, it doesn't have to be your own artist. It's just, you know, it's, it's the artist you grew up on. Yeah. Um, and you know, you go, you, you know, you go back and you listen to that, you know, great Beatles album. I mean, the, the Rolling Stones put out a single yesterday that was kind of based on, you know, kind of everyone being alone during this coronavirus period. And it was, it was great to hear, you know, kind of new music from the Stones that kind of, you know, touched on what everybody was kind of, you know, going through, you know, today. So I, you know, you know, so I think it's, you know, you know, kind of, uh, you know, new music and all that sort of stuff keeps me inspired and, uh, you know, as well as, you know, kind of, you know, you know, films and, you know, you know, for me, I love creative, just really creative artists. Yeah. 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 And, you know, you, you know, it's, it's good to have, you know, the Netflix shows and, and Homeland's final season and, you know, all that, you know, kind of good stuff to, you know, to go to. Cause 
the last thing I mean, I, I, I love, you know, I, I love sports and, you know, they had the draft yesterday in the NFL, but there are no yeah. sports. And that's, that's probably one of the hardest things is, 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 is you know, is, is kind of having like literally zero sports, you know, kind of entertainment, you know, kind of. Yeah. Stuff. But uh, soon enough, hopefully. But um, hopefully, Scott, fingers it was, crossed. It was great. It was great speaking with you. I enjoyed our time together. And um, oh, likewise, I thank look you. Look forward to speaking again. Uh, yes, hopefully that when all this is done. That uh, it was great chatting, and I appreciate it. Bye now. Be be safe. Be healthy to everyone out there and your yes. family. That's all for today. Thanks again for joining me on another episode of the Success Story Podcast. You can download or stream this podcast wherever podcasts are available, including iTunes, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and many others. You can also watch this podcast on YouTube. If you haven't already, please subscribe and share this podcast with your friends, family, coworkers, and peers. Please leave us a rating on iTunes. It takes about 30 seconds as it allows other people to find our podcast and lets our amazing guests reach even more people with their message. And remember, any rating is fine as long as it contains five stars. I'm Scott Clary from the Success Story Podcast, signing off. I know a lot of entrepreneurs listen to this show and NetSuite has been a huge supporter for entrepreneurs, for business owners, because there's one thing that we all know. Business is about making money and it's about your bottom line. And the less you spend on the nuts and bolts of running your business, the more profits you keep. But these days, everything is costing more. Supplies, people, shipping. It squeezes your margins. And I've been there juggling multiple systems for finance, inventory, you name it each with its own costs and its own set of headaches. That's why I made the switch to NetSuite by Oracle. It's changed our company. Think about it. NetSuite is one of the top financial systems out there. It puts your whole business on one platform, accounting, finance, the works, one data source for everyone. There's no more mismatched info. And because it's in the cloud, it slashes your IT costs. No more servers, no more updates. Just access NetSuite from anywhere. With one integrated suite, your overhead drops big time. And here's the real win. Efficiency. Everything's connected in NetSuite. Costs are ridiculous lately. Find a proven way to reduce your expenses and get better performance out of your team. It's a no-brainer, and that's what NetSuite offers. Over 37,000 companies have figured this out already. You have to join them. Right now, through to April 15th, NetSuite's got an incredible, flexible financing plan. Check it out and see the savings yourself at netsuite.com slash scottclary. That's netsuite.com slash scottclary. I don't know about you, but the idea of being harassed, scammed, or even worse, all because somebody found my personal information online, that's terrifying. Our political opinions, our addresses, even stuff about our families, it's out there for anyone to grab. And did you know that data brokers are allowed to sell information on over 98% of Americans? It's scary stuff. That's why I've partnered with Delete Me. I personally use Delete Me. They're a big friend of the podcast because I put myself out there online. So safety is a huge concern. It's really scary how easy it is to find someone's details and information, but Delete Me creates a layer of protection that we all need. You tell Delete Me what you want gone, and they make it disappear from those sketchy data broker sites. And Delete Me doesn't stop. They constantly monitor the web to keep your information off those lists. It's like having a privacy watchdog that never sleeps. You need to take control of your data and keep your private life private by signing up for Delete Me. They're giving a special discount for all Success Story podcast listeners. Get 20% off your Delete Me plan when you go to joindeleteme.com slash success and use promo code success at checkout. The only way to get 20% off is to go to joindeleteme.com slash success and enter code success at checkout. J-O-I-N-D-E-L-E-T-E-M-E dot com slash success. Hey everyone, I just want to take a second and thank the sponsor of today's episode, Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond Bourbon. Now I don't have a lot of liquor sponsors on this show. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is actually one of my favorites. I've drank it for a few years now, and this is why we actually decided to work together. Heaven Hill Distillery, family-owned since 1935, is a great entrepreneur story, too. So there's five brothers. They filled their first whiskey barrels back in 1935, and their legacy still lives on today. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond is aged over seven years. That's three more than required by the Bottled and Bond Act of 1897. 
This means the best quality, the best purity, and the best consistency. This is not just average bourbon. It's the winner of the double gold medals at multiple 2023 World Spirits competitions, and they've won the very prestigious Triple Still Award. It's a very big deal in the liquor and bourbon world. Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond boasts an exceptionally smooth oak flavor, while its aroma offers a sweet blend of caramel and smooth vanilla. If you love bourbon, you need to try Heaven Hill Bottled and Bond. Available nationally, look for a bottle at your local store. Heaven Hill reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Think back to your last few days in the office. Did any of them leave you feeling really accomplished? Not the kind of day where you're running around like crazy, but where you've made real progress on something that matters. Because being busy doesn't always mean being productive. And I bet you we've all been there. And maybe it's time to rethink what it means to get things done. Today's episode is sponsored by Belay, and what they help you do is, instead of getting sucked into emails and to-do lists, they help you delegate tasks and focus on big goals. They can connect you with top-notch U.S.-based talent who are ready to take on those time-consuming tasks that bog you down. Let's be real. There are way more important things you could be doing than bookkeeping or wrangling a packed inbox. They have virtual assistants to handle all of those pesky administrative tasks or accounting professionals to take care of all your financials. But here's the best part. You don't have to waste weeks searching for the right person. Belay's personalized matching service works quickly, sometimes matching you with the right talent to take stuff off your plate in under a week. Are you ready to try a different way of working? Check out Belay's list of the top 25 things you can delegate to a virtual assistant. It might just change your business and your life. Text success, that's S-U-C-C-E-S-S, to 55123 to get the list and to start transforming your to-do list with Belay. Thank you so much indeed for sponsoring Success Story. For all business leaders out there, Indeed is a lifesaver. See, we're always driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. You're going to ditch the busy work and you're going to use Indeed for scheduling, screening, messaging, so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Clary. Just go to Indeed.com slash Clary right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. 